I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, what's the temperature right now in downtown Salt Lake City? Gustavo or Robin? Yeah, we're going to double check on that. 36 right now, and we're right in the middle of the day. Uh, maybe not quite at the crescendo, the warmest peak, but we're close. We're close. So it makes you wonder how cold is it going to get tonight? And last night, wow, it was uh, it was really cold. And when it comes on us so quickly, and honestly, unexpectedly, uh, you you ask yourself. Okay, uh, is my furnace in good shape? Is everything in my home? But what about those who are homeless? And it makes you wonder, because as I mentioned a little earlier, uh, at least for our home down in Eureka, I, I really don't worry about you know making sure that everything's fired up and everything's ready to go until usually after Halloween. But boy, some of the almost record low temperatures we're uh, seeing right now makes you wonder. And I couldn't help but wonder what effect this is having on our, our homeless uh, individuals. Michelle Miller joins us right now. She is with the Pioneer Park Coalition, the communications director. Michelle, welcome. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for all of the uh, great work the Pioneer Park Coalition has done. Thank you for uh, sponsoring the debate that we had a week ago today, the Salt Lake mayoral race. and. What is the status of the homeless when the cold kind of comes upon us so quickly here? Are are we ready to deal with it? Uh, We are ready, Doug. And first of all, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to speak with you again. Um, The new resource centers are coming online. The Geraldine King and the Gail Miller Center are already online and accepting uh, residents, and we're still waiting for the South Salt Lake Resource Center to come online. The Road Home Downtown Shelter holds the contract with that. I know there's been some talk about capacity issues, and that certainly is a problem, and we absolutely don't want to see anybody on the street that needs shelter. And Nobody who seeks shelter during the winter will be turned away from any resource center. I believe $60,000 has been allotted for motel vouchers. There's always the St. Vincent Overflow Shelter, which has capacity for 50. And what's not being factored in are treatment beds that are available at uh, places like the Other Side Academy, Mm -hmm. at the Odyssey House. So there are places for individuals to go, and we certainly do not want to see people on the street who are seeking shelter. Michelle, it's always so frustrating, and this always comes up in a comprehensive discussion about homelessness. That There are those for whom, for whatever reason, sometimes it could be a mental state, sometimes it can be a particular attitude— I don't know what what category some of these individuals would fall into, but they they resist help. And 
how how do we even reach out to those folks? We have, sadly, unfortunately, I've reported on some of these myself, where on some of those bitter, bitter cold nights that we'll have in January and usually early February, that we, we've we've had some people lose their lives. And again, it wasn't because we didn't have facilities. It didn't. It wasn't because we didn't have a big heart. I recall times when Pamela Atkinson and others will drive around in a van trying to round these folks up. How do we deal with those people? That's a great question, one that we have been asking ourselves. And with shelter-resistant populations, the key to getting them into shelter is to keep trying, to keep working with them, to keep reaching out, to keep up the outreach services. When a doctor tells you you need to lose weight or you need to start stop smoking, your initial reaction is, oh, yeah, I can do it. And then it, it's hard. And for those who are chronically homeless, it's hard for them to go from being autonomous and being outside to going to a place that has structure and that has rules. But if we keep at them and keep helping them and keep reaching out to them and offering a hand, I think that is the key to getting people who are shelter-resistant into help. What about the uh, resource center that uh, is yet to come? It's the one kind of out by the Salt Lake County Jail along the Jordan River Parkway that is right on the border of South Salt Lake and West Valley. I remember how controversial some of that was and how at that time it was Salt Lake County Mayor Ben McAdams who stepped in and assured both of those communities where most of the impact will occur that uh, there will be resources and so on from the county to mitigate uh, what could be the liabilities for South Salt Lake and what could be the problems also associated with West Valley. How close are we and and where where are some of the opportunities and maybe some of the liabilities of that resource center? Well, I mean, the conditional operating permit is still in the works. Uh, talking to Preston Cochran of Shelter the Homeless recently, he said they are scheduled to open their doors mid-November, so in the next couple weeks, mm-hmm. and de- uh, demolish the downtown shelter around Thanksgiving. Now, what are some of the challenges that face the South Salt Lake Resource Center, um, the first would be transportation. It's going to be difficult getting individuals from South Salt Lake to downtown that need to come to Fourth Street Clinic or the Wiegand Center. But to mitigate that, uh, Fourth Street Clinic has opened a mobile clinic, health clinic, that they go around to each resource center which would eliminate or lessen the need for individuals to come downtown and to use public transportation. But transportation definitely is a big concern for everyone, and I know that UTA is doing their best to figure out the situation. When we were first discussing that particular site, I remember the transportation came up over and over, and of all of the sites that ultimately were selected and those that were not, that kept coming up, that of all of the sites, that was the one that was kind of off the beaten path. How big a liability do you think that's going to be to the South Salt Lake uh, Resource Center? 
It could be a liability. I know that everyone who is in the mix is trying to figure this out to make sure that people have the resources they need available to them at their fingertips. And that's that's what is great about this new model versus the old model is that it really is wraparound services. And the the way the old model is set up, you know, you'd have to wait in line for your bed and then you'd have to go find a meal and then you'd have to go access health care and then you'd have to go to an employment service. All of this is located within the resource centers, which will um, hopefully deter people from having to go from place to place to find the services Mm -hmm. they need. They can get it all in a one-stop shop. It's almost hard for me to imagine what the Pioneer Park Rio Grande area will be like ultimately without the uh, the uh, the homeless shelter there. Now there still will be resource uh, resources available, as we mentioned, the weekend center and so on. The but how big an impact? Uh, just a final quick question before we bring Mayor Wilson on the line with us. How big an impact is it going to have on the Pioneer Park community when Crossroads is closed? Uh, I think it's going to have a huge impact. I mean, we've already seen a huge impact with the Geraldine King and Gal Miller Resource Center opening. I mean, Pioneer Park is clean, it's bright, there's lighting, there's a great lawn, it's a nice place to go. People are feeling more comfortable coming out of their homes and into the park now, and I think when the downtown shelter gets uh, shut down permanently, it's just going to continue going up. Michelle, always interesting to chat with you and others from the Pioneer Park Coalition. I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, Doug. Thank you very much. As I mentioned and alluded to, uh, Mayor Jenny Wilson, Salt Lake County Mayor, will be joining us next. We're going to take a look uh, at public transit from her point of view since She uh, used public transit everywhere for a week. We'll talk with the mayor. Coming up next, I'm Doug Wright on Inside Sources. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.